Evidence and Answers. Joshua is the fifth book in the Old Testament of the Bible. It tells of how the Israelites enter into the land of Canaan. This exciting book also tells of their conquest and division of the land under the leadership of Joshua and also of how they served God in the land. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today on the show, Pat will be sharing a study taken from the book of Joshua. If you're unable to hear this entire message, keep in mind all of our broadcasts are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now, Here's Pat. As many of us are looking forward to a new year, we're excited about the things that are going to happen, but some of us are faced with some very formidable challenges. I've been talking to a couple people who have just discovered they've been diagnosed with a deadly disease, and what the future holds with this life-threatening illness, no one knows. Others face a layoff. Others face a very recent passing of loved ones and they'll be facing a future for the first time without their lifetime partner. The future is filled with challenges, some formidable, and there are times when we can grow weary and discouraged. Even the strongest and most mature believers in Christ can get weary and discouraged. So for those, you may be facing some of those times. Some of you, when those times come to your life, I hope that you'll remember some of the things that I'll be sharing with you today from the book of Joshua. So turn to the first chapter in the book of Joshua, the sixth book in the Bible. Following Christ does not mean that God will always protect us and shield us from those difficult times. In fact, if you look throughout the scriptures, God often orchestrates it so that we face some formidable mountains in our life. So just because you're facing tough times does not always mean God has abandoned you or God is not with you or that somehow you have taken a wrong turn. God often orchestrates those events in our life. They are part of what it means to follow Christ for difficult challenges can discourage us, but it can also refine and bring our faith to full maturity. But we need to face them with the right perspective and the right attitude. Well, how does a believer in Christ face an unknown future with serious challenges? Well, we learned some very valuable principles from the first chapter of Joshua. Chapter one introduces us to the incredible odds facing the nation of Israel as they're ready to invade the promised land. And we begin in chapter one, verse one, says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And God's word to Joshua as he is looking to invade the promised land against incredible odds. The first words from God to Joshua is this, Moses, my servant, is dead. What a way to address people going in to face incredible odds. Your leader is dead. Now you... Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan River, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Well, first principle that we learn is God leads us to face formidable challenges. God often leads us into those situations. He doesn't make us go around it. 
he doesn't do the job for us. He easily could have sent angels in and conquered the land and wiped everyone out and said, hey, here you go, guys. But instead, God goes before us, God leads us, but there's often human responsibility, a part we need to play. And God often brings us to a point where we face some very tall mountains. And God opens with the statement, Moses, my servant, is dead. Well, Moses has been the leader of Israel. Moses was and remains today the most important, the most significant and accomplished leader in the history of Israel. Hey, it's under Moses' leadership that Israel had defeated the greatest empire of its time, the Egyptians. It's under Moses that the people survived for 40 years in an unlivable wilderness desert. It's under Moses that the Israelites, and this is not a warrior group of people, these people were slaves in Egypt, yet it's under Moses they're able to defeat several great civilizations, including Egypt, the Amalekites, the Moabites, the Midianites, and several others. It's under Moses he's able to organize a governmental system over the tribes of Israel. It's under Moses the law was given to the people. And so now their leader is gone. At one of their times of greatest need, facing incredible odds, now this leader is gone. And the land of Canaan was occupied with civilizations that were already very well established living in protected and well-fortified cities. This is going to be no cakewalk, all right? Jericho, we know, was a well-fortified city. Those of you who have gone to the Holy Land, or who will be going in this next year, but there were cities like Jericho. Jericho is the oldest city in the world, and as the Bible describes it, it was a well-fortified city. This was a fortress city with walls that stood over 30 feet tall. And here's some of the remains of Jericho today. This is a fortress tower that when you go there, you can still see it. It stands over 30 feet tall. Here's some of the walls of the city that still remain. You can see even today in the ruins just how tall and impregnable this city was, how it must have been to the people of Israel. This is not a sophisticated fighting machine here with the kind of weaponry established civilizations have. This is a group of people who have been slaves in Egypt, who have been wandering in the desert for 40 years, going up against cities like this. Joshua chapter 1 says the Hittites okay, were also in the land, and they would be going up against the Hittites. The Hittites were a civilization comparable to that of Egypt. All right, They were as powerful as the nation of Egypt. This was a warrior kind of civilization. In fact, they rivaled the nation of Egypt. Right about this time, they fought the armies of Ramses II to a complete draw and a complete standstill at the Kadesh on the Orontes. This is a civilization made famous for their iron chariots. And this is a powerful, one of the greatest empires in the world at that time. So against such powerful civilizations, the Israelites really did not have any chance of success on their own. And you may be in a situation like that today a marriage that looks like it can't last. The loss of a job with a mortgage to pay and a family to take care of. The incredible pain of losing a loved one, wondering how we're gonna make it through this time. One of my good friends, co-hosts, you hear his voice on my radio show, just lost their 18-year-old son in a motorcycle accident. And the question they're asking is, how are we ever gonna make it through the pain? Some have lost a loved one 
whether through death or through divorce or through abandonment, how are we going to make it in the days to come? Facing such a formidable future may cause some to become disillusioned and discouraged. But it's in times like these we often ask and question God's goodness, His wisdom, even His love for us. But God uses these difficult challenges to build and refine our character and our faith. You see, because it's times like these that He will strip us of all dependence on anything other than Himself. God often brings us to a point where we say, you know what, God, I can't make it without you. And that's exactly where we need to be. That's the attitude you need to face the mountains and the giants in your life. Because God can only use men and women who have learned to trust in Him fully. When we realize, I can't, but He can, that's when He can mold us and build into us a genuine and mature kind of faith. So God calls us to face formidable odds so that we can come to the end of ourselves and we can learn what it means to really rely on Him. When we are weakest in our own eyes, that is when God is strongest in our lives. Joshua and Israelites had come to the point where they had to depend fully on God. On their own, they had no chance against civilizations like this. Following God means He'll lead us to face challenges where we will need to depend on Him like never before. You find yourself in that situation, you're probably right in the center of God's will. I remember talking to an older couple, now in their 80s, having celebrated their 50th anniversary just a few years ago. Great couple, you'll probably meet them when you go there to the Mount Hermon. And I remember talking to Nan, and I said, man, what's the secret? What's the secret to a great marriage? And she sat there and she said, hey, it wasn't always like this. The first 10 years were hell. And I said, well, what turned it? She said, you know, I, I wanted to leave. I want to get out of this marriage. I was so discouraged. I was so dismayed. Nothing I tried seemed to work. We're always fighting. And, but I had four kids. What was I going to do? And I said, so what did you do? She said, I came to the end of my line. And I stood there in the shower one night and said, God, I tried everything I could. There's nothing I can do. I need your help. I turned my life over to you. I turned this marriage over to you. I tried everything I know. I can't make it work. God, you have to take over. And she said that was the most significant shower she ever took. <laughs> it's from then on when she said, you know, I can't, but you can. You take over. That's when God came in the picture of their marriage. And that is when things turned around. And the life lesson we learn from chapter 1 is that when facing insurmountable challenges, learn to depend fully on God. Instead of saying, I can, I can, we need to learn to say, He can. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's why God often brings us to that point where we're facing just insurmountable odds and we come to the end of ourselves and we realize, yeah, that's right, I can't, but He can. And when you get to that point, that's when God comes into the picture and that's when the odds change. When we're following God, He leads us to face great challenges and as we face those formidable odds, God often brings words of encouragement to us in those times. And to Joshua, he gave these words. To Joshua, God gave two promises. In verse 3, 
He says, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites to the great sea going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Notice God sets the boundaries to the land that he has given to the people of Israel. And he names the Hittites up to the north. They're the most powerful civilization alongside with Egypt at that time. And imagine him saying, hey, I'm going to give you the land of the Hittites. That great civilization, they're not going to be able to stand in your way. How does a group of slaves okay, who put together a ragtag army go up against perhaps the greatest civilization of that time? God says, remember, my will shall be accomplished. Hey, when facing the odds, God often gives us words of encouragement. Often a scripture will come to mind or someone will give me a scripture in times like that. And this is often how we know, although the situation may look quite bad, we're right in the center of God's will. And God's promise to Joshua was, hey, the land is yours. I've given it to you. All right. Now, God doesn't do the work for Joshua. It's still going to cost lives as they go in there and combat these powerful civilizations. But God wanted Joshua to know, okay, I've given you this land. Remember that promise. That is what's going to give you courage against such incredible odds. The second promise that God gives to Joshua, we find there in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the left or to the right, that you may have good success wherever you go. And he gives this promise over and over again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That phrase, I will be with you, I will be with you, in these nine verses, is repeated three times. Throughout the Bible, when the people of God were facing formidable challenges, all throughout the Old and New Testament, this was the phrase often given by God, I will be with you. I will be with you. It's the last words Jesus gave to his disciples, right in Matthew 28, when he said, go into all the world and make disciples. And remember this, what? I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. God doesn't tell Joshua how the promise will be fulfilled or how the conquest is gonna go. The only thing God tells Joshua is what? I'll be with you, I will be with you. See, God doesn't want us to depend on our talents, our personality, our status, or our abilities first. He wants us to depend on Him first because it is His plan, His purpose, His will, and His counsel that will succeed. God wants us to realize that our source of confidence is not in and of ourselves, but in His very presence in our lives. Knowing that God is with us allows us to face an unknown future, not with fear, but with faith and with boldness. You know, I'm not that great of a surfer, and when the surf report says two to four feet, I have no problem going out there by myself to places I know and go hitting the surf. But when the surf is a little bit bigger, or when I'm going to somewhere I've never been, I want to go with someone who knows what's going on. 
I enjoy going surfing with Ron, with Dan, and a few other people. And if I'm going somewhere I don't know, or the waves are kind of big, I want to make sure they're with me. Not because they're going to catch the wave for me. I still got to catch the wave. All right, but they know, Pat, don't go that way. That's where the sharks are, okay? <laughs> Several times I've wandered into that kind of territory where they'll say, hey, paddle this way. The reef is right over there. And I'll look at, where? I don't see a reef. Go, believe me, there's a reef. And sure enough, I'm glad they tell me that. Or, Pat, when you paddle out, you got to paddle this way or your skeg is going to get stuck in the reef. Or when I'm out there, I'll hear wrong, Pat, you're, you're too close. Get out farther if you want to catch this way. You're out of position, all right? And often, after I've missed two or three waves, I'll hear Ron saying, Pat, turn around, look, and there's a perfect wave coming. And I know I can go right by where he is and I'll be in the right position to catch it. Okay? I'm much more confident. I'm much more fearless and bold to catch bigger waves, go to places I've never been, if I know one of these guys is with me. And that's the way it is with the Lord, isn't it? When we're facing an unknown future, against formidable odds, we're not alone. There's no need to live in despair and fear. God is with us. He's been there. He knows where the danger zones are. We need to get close and listen to him in those times. And the life lesson we learn is that confidence comes from knowing the promises and the character of God. I can trust these guys in Big Surf because I know their character. Okay? And I know they're good, and they know what they're doing. Well, when you know God's character, and you realize God knows what he's doing, it's a lot easier to trust him. When you give the situation over to God, as formidable as the odds may be, everything changes. I was told in graduate school, one man with God is always a majority. So God doesn't want us to depend first on our talents, our personality, our status, our abilities. He wants us to depend on Him first. It's His plan. It's His purpose. It's His will and counsel that succeeds. God brings us to these situations because He wants us to realize that our source of confidence is to rest in His presence and His work in our lives. Now that's what God has promised to Joshua and His people. What is the proper response of God's people to God when hearing these kinds of promises? Well, this is the third principle we learn from Joshua chapter 1. Our response to God when facing challenges is very simple. And we see this throughout the Bible. It's real simple. Trust and obey. Trust God and obey His Word. When facing formidable odds, that's our response. Trust and obey. God tells Joshua here in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Two commands God gives in facing an unknown future successfully is to obey His commands and courageously trust in Him. Even when it doesn't seem to make sense, trust in Him. Obedience to God's commands 
are essential when facing an unknown future. Joshua is commanded to obey the law. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Okay, That's just the way of saying. Obey everything that is in there. Success for the people of Israel depended on obeying the law of God. God cannot bless and God cannot work in the lives of people who are living in disobedience and sin. Many of us need to get our lives right with God before He can bless us and we can hear His voice and commands clearly. God cannot bless those who do not live in obedience to His commands. Joshua's strength, his courage, his confidence to face incredible odds would come from meditating on the Word of God, believing its promises and obeying its precepts. Joshua is called to take time to read God's Word daily, to meditate on it day and night, to make it a part of his inner person by meditating on the law. Now, the Hebrew word translated meditate means literally to mutter. And it's the practice of the Jews to read the scriptures aloud as they worship together, but also to talk about it every day amongst themselves to one another and to their family. This explains why God exhorted Joshua that the book of the law was not to depart out of his mouth. And such is the same in the life of every believer in Christ. Success in facing the giants is the byproduct of a life devoted completely to God, trusting in Him and walking in obedience to His Word. You see, we defeat ourselves when we choose to do things our own way. God's way may be hard. God's way may be unnatural to us. But God's way is the right way. It's true. Therefore, it is the best. God's way is revealed in His Word, the Bible, and we gain insight into how to apply His principles to our situation through the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit as we sit and read His Word and then take time to meditate on it. For the believer, we need time not only to read His Word, but to sit back and meditate, not just read and say, oh, okay, done, all right, off, off to work. No, God wants us to read His Word and then sit back and say, okay, Lord, how do I apply what I just read in my life today? And that's where the Holy Spirit will speak through the Scriptures and show you how to apply it towards your wife, towards your husband, towards your children, to your co-workers, or the situation that you face. But God has given us His Word. He's not going to read it for us. Just as Joshua had to go in there and fight their own battles. God has given us His Word. Our responsibility is to read it and to meditate on it day and night. And he gives the command, be strong and courageous. It's repeated three times in those nine verses. It's repeated three times. When something's repeated like that, any teacher will tell you that's something they want you to get. The response to knowing God's presence is confidence and boldness. Knowing God's command and his presence inspires believers to face the challenges of the unknown with courageous trust in God and boldness, no matter how intimidating the situation may be. But success in facing formidable odds depends on us obeying His Word and trusting Him fully. How many of you guys go cave exploring? I'll tell you what, it's a blast. Now, I was in the Philippines. We were up north serving 
And one of the things up north in Sagada in the Philippines, they got a great cave to explore. And so they invite us to go cave exploring. And I said, hey, all right, let's go. Little did I know, I mean, I thought this was going to be an easy thing. Yeah, I thought there's going to be trails and rails and all that. You just walk down and check it out. Well, I didn't know that none of that is there. I mean, this is literally, there's none of that there. And when we walked in there, I remember just how incredibly dark, you know, I mean, there's, there's one guy with a lantern, our guide, and we are fully dependent upon him. We do not know where we're going. And if you're not listening to him, it could really cost you. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll be able to donate right there on the homepage. You'll also find that we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers.